Hi there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events, contact me, or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellwamby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. Well, I'm so excited today. I just want to say welcome to everybody to the Kathleen Maxwell Ramby podcast. And I am doing something a little bit different today. I have a good friend and cohort, um, a woman that I admire deeply that I'm going to be interviewing. And so I think you're going to love, love, love this podcast. And I hope it encourages you or refreshes you and just takes you to a new level in what God wants you to do in your life. I've got my friend, Allison Bound, and Allison and I have been friends now for, um, goodness, I know it's over 10 years. I think it's closer to 12, maybe 13. (laughs) We'd have to do the math, but welcome, Allison. I'm so delighted to be with you, Kathleen, and with your listeners. Well, uh, let me tell you a little bit about Allison. She is from California, from Southern California, and she lives near Yosemite National Park, um, And but she's a diehard mountain girl. And for over 20 years, she was a school teacher, and then she ministered to women in prison, and then she worked for over a decade as Graham Cook's creative partner. She's also the author of two books, The Image, Experiencing Life from God's Perspective, and Joyful Intentionality. And I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about those books. They're powerful books, books I've enjoyed. Um, They're highlighted, so I can't give them away because they have all my notes and highlights in them. But now she is a professionally trained Christian coach and founder of an organization called Grace Spaces, and she coaches women. And I am going to just let her tell you a little bit more about whatever she wants to talk about, and then we're going to jump into some more fun. Allison? Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much. I'm so delighted that you mentioned this. It in the body of Christ and I I love that I was raised in a Christian family and um, but at different stages of my life uh, different kinds of churches different kinds of experiences you hit upon a few of them there uh, being born and raised in Los Angeles and when I married my husband Randy almost 40 years ago uh, he lived in Yosemite National Park so all of a sudden I did too and uh, (laughs) I spent the first year kind of looking for the shopping mall Uh, so it was definitely a transition but now uh, the mountains are my my home place I never cease to wonder at the natural beauty of God and creation and no matter uh, what is going on in life? And you and I have talked about this. When, when 
life is swirling. There's just something, there's beauty around you somewhere. And so just being outside, whether it's with plants or a landscape or animals, um, I just, I just love that. So my husband and I go for, for long walks and, and just enjoy mountains and our small community. I'm also a small town girl now. So we live just outside the park. And a lot of my former students have grown up. They have their kids. Randy was a soccer coach for many years after working for the National Park Service. And we just, we see our kids and they're, and they have kids now all around town. So, um, yeah, it's just, um, I just feel really blessed to have that surrounding, have that life journey, and especially now to be coaching and working with women. Because um, as you and I have found out over the years, where our deepest learning, at least for me, comes when there are friends to talk those truths through with. And uh, we just hear different perspectives. We have different questions. And with good friends, we're no longer trying to look like we have it all together. So we can right. share our stories and our challenges. And uh, that's certainly what we've enjoyed doing. Right. And, well, and we connected at a time that was very hard in my life. That was right when my husband uh, got sick and then nine months later he was gone and so I know just some of the the truths and things I learned um I think it was called the warrior class that we did through Graham Cook and you were in charge of that you and our dear friend Teresa Morrison worked together and uh man it was just such an anchor for me in a time of devastation and um I'm happy that we've you know, gone through that journey, and and now we're both at a different place in our lives. But tell me, what define a gray space? I'm sure there's people um, that are wondering what is a gray space. What's your definition of that? I mean, I can think of something, but I want to know what you have to say. <laughs> well, it really comes from my own journey of times. I used to refer to them as gaps. Um, the, that place where there was a truth that I just, I believed about God. It was truth to me, but I wasn't experiencing it consistently in my everyday life. And so I would call it a gap. And, and truth be told, it felt like failure. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there, there was this message that I should have gotten it by now. And circumstances, pressures in life would reveal um, that, say, something like peace. Uh, my peace really didn't pass all understanding. I still wanted to understand. Right. And so one day, just really over a series of days with the Lord, it was just conversations with the Holy Spirit of just seeing his smile. I would come to him and pray and he'd just smile and be kind and gracious. And I almost wanted to say, don't, don't you understand? I'm not getting it. And he said, well, what if we didn't see that gap as failure, 
What if it was a space for grace? And and then we talked about grace. You know, grace, I was uh, raised in the tradition of grace being God's unmerited favor, which it is. Mm-hmm. But also over time and experience, understanding that grace is also God's empowering presence. Yeah. For us to become everything he, he talks about us being. Mm-hmm. And then he dropped another truth, which was in some text, favor mm-hmm. is translated as special. Mm-hmm. So, and he created us with a need to feel special. So, instead of in that gap between believing and being, not seeing it as a failure, but seeing it as a space. For grace to connect with him relationally, to feel how special we are to God. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, I think um, I used to say, I'm going to be transparent, but when something was hard or difficult or there was like a challenging person in my life or there was something I just quite frankly didn't want to deal with, I would actually use the phrase, I'm almost embarrassed to say it now, but I'm not because it was, it's just part of my journey. But I would say, I don't have grace for that. And kind of like throwing it back on God, like, you know, if you had to fix this, I wouldn't have to deal with it kind of thing. And, you know, one day the Lord just really began to work in my heart. And he said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough. You always have it. It's not something you have to earn. It's a gift. And so you always can open that gift of grace. And I think sometimes, you know, for me, pride has kind of gotten in the way. And and everybody needs help. All of us need help with something all the time. None of us have it all together. But we live in a world where you're supposed to appear that you do. And, you know, now it's like, okay, Lord, I need your grace to walk into this situation. I need your grace, you know, to help me. And so I think it's, you know, for me, it was just laying down some pride and saying, I I need you, Lord. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It didn't diminish who I was because he had poured into my heart like you said just that feeling special and I think that that's where grace you know there's a real connect there with identity to me anyway um yeah so yeah we have that upside down thing about help being like as if again a sense of failure or a lack on our part and uh, when really if you want exploration in scripture look up all the promises on god loves to help us he knew we would need help yeah he gave us the holy spirit one of his names is helper yeah to be our helper and it was, it was just one of those light bulb moments when all of a sudden Hebrews 4.16, where it says to come 
boldly to God's throne of grace for mercy and help in time of need. That that scripture is so rich. And if you look at the verses before it, yeah, it's talking about Jesus understanding our weaknesses. Yeah. And and so boldly is just confidence, yeah. not having to wring our hands, not having to oh, here I am again. Yeah. And we come with confidence for for what? For to at his throne of grace. God could have made his throne out of anything. And he chose to make to have his throne be described as a throne of grace mm-hmm. for mercy and help. And what I realized I was doing was I was saving this verse. I was saving help as like a nine one one. Yeah. Like, okay, when I can't handle it myself anymore. Yeah. Then, then I'll look for grace. Then I'll come in for mercy and ask for mercy and, and for help. And instead, I start every day, I try to, by praying that verse to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm so thankful that you're thrown, you rule with grace. And so I don't know what today holds, but I know you do. Yeah. And so I just want to receive your mercy right now. I receive your grace. I receive your help. And I can't describe what that has changed in in receiving much more freely with no shame. Right. And then being reminded when I encounter something dur- uh, during the day, it's not having to look out there for it. It's like, okay, Lord, that was deposited. That yeah. is that grace space being filled. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so good. I think, you know, it doesn't matter how we know. I think the older I get, and I'm 62, um, but the older I get, the more I realize how much more I need him in my life. Yeah. <clears throat> and whether that is, I don't know, maturity in some level, or if it's just an awareness, it's like, no, I need you to help me organize my schedule. I need you to help me with whatever the task is at hand for that day or whatever situation God allows me to be placed in. And, you know, that's, I think, one of my one of the things I love to do is just say, Lord, give me divine appointments. Well, some of those divine appointments take me out of my comfort zone. You know, they really do. And so that's, it's in those times you're like, uh, okay, Lord, I need your grace for this. But I love, you know, it says, like you said in Hebrews, you know, that we can come boldly with confidence, you know, to the throne of grace. And I just saw that as a picture of just this huge, massive abundance you know, he's never short on grace. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and I think what is, I think hopefully as we get older, and, and I love working with the young people I work with because I marvel at what they're already seeing about God. Yeah. Uh, already yeah. in their lives. But I think it's beauty in a sense of we we just want him and we want to see we're going to be learning till we go home right 
he's with Jesus. And yep. I think one of the things too is that we think that there's some sort of a rival mm-hmm. point in this life. And since Paul talks about just pressing forward that upward journey, and eventually he says that he's finished his race, but it's in his last letter. He was probably days or weeks at most mm-hmm. away from the end of his life, and he realized that now. But until then, we're always going to be learning. And and I think having taught young children for so many years, it was wonderful to set the culture of the classroom, which was that we will learn by doing something successfully, and we will learn how not to do some things. And that's okay. They're both learning. Yeah. And God wants us a grace space in its very nature allows us to learn without shame. Yeah. Um, there's no shame. Yeah. We can, um, it, it, we just want to have the freedom to come with the Holy, to the Holy Spirit and just listen mm-hmm. and learn. And, um, and you said a really key word, which is awareness. Yeah. Um, you become aware of him. We want that awareness of his presence during the day mm-hmm. and but also aware of ways that we can move through life more with his help i love uh, the book i wrote reality it's a great perspective on uh, the end of trying harder to do better for god but i think that the companion volume is joyful dependency yeah. With everything that you're talking about, just living joyfully, knowing that God is right here to help us. Yeah. With no condemnation, no shame, because He likes He likes being with us. Yeah. He likes doing things with us. And oh, and one thing I had just thought about when you talk about throne of grace, to see us coming to His throne, and He's got the biggest smile on His face. Yeah. We're welcome. We all want to feel welcome when we walk into a room. Yeah. And it feels good when people turn around and and when they realize you're there, they smile. Yeah. And so just to always see that God is delighted with every interaction he has with us, even if he's helping us find a more excellent way. Yeah. He's still glad to see us glad with us. Well, and that... You know, it just takes the performance out. To me, it takes the performance out of life. And as someone who grew up in a very performance-oriented, you know, I grew up in that, in that, in a home like that. And when I performed well, I was loved. And when I didn't do or disobeyed in some way, my dad, who was a great man, a great man of God, but he would just withdraw his presence from me. And I would have to work my way back into his um, good graces, so to speak. And again, a great man. I think part of it was his culture and the way that that he learned to parent um, himself. I always knew he loved me, but there was just a, there was just... I think for me, grace takes that performance out of things and allows us to learn. 
and gosh, there's things I'm learning, learning all the time, but, um, you know, so we've talked about grace, um, but what's another key in navigating our grace spaces? What are some, what's a key? What would you say are some keys or what was some things that helped you? of things. I think that um, you actually just identified one, which is shame, being awareness and recognizing where we have shame. Just from, I we've talked before, we had pretty similar upbringings and especially similar dads that we both loved, we both felt loved by. But it was a, it was a very similar culture and it bred that performance mm-hmm. uh, perspective on life. And Whatever it is, a lot of us carry shame for feeling like we haven't done well enough. And that's what, of course, our adversary wants to make sure our gray spaces get filled with shame. Right. And um, really the antidote is knowing by experience who God really is, what his true identity is. Yeah. That's a starting place, is what is he really like? And just being aware of what's defined God in, in our lives. Has it been, oftentimes it is our, our fathers or, or figures of authority, um, experiences that we had in church. And those can go both ways. Sometimes we focus on the negative um, definitions of God that our experiences gave us. But it's really wise to spend time thinking, okay, who were the people that you felt saw you, knew you? Adulthood, um, teachers often fall in that role. Uh, It can be uh, aunts and uncles, grandparents, hopefully it was parents. Uh, But people in your lives that deposited the attributes of God that we see, of kindness, his gentleness, his patience. Mm-hmm. So um, aware where we've defined him, I always I I talk about it in the image as um, uh, in Second Corinthians three eighteen it talks about that as we behold God as in a mirror we become like Him, and that mirror God always intended for us to look in His eyes. You know, we see that may the grace of may His face shine upon you. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to look like a child does into a parent's eyes and see the joy of who they are reflected back. Mm-hmm. And so so we should have had that mirror in God's true identity to see ourselves. But then more life experiences warp that mirror yeah. and distort it. Yeah. And so it ends up being, it looks like a funhouse mirror. You know, those ones we had at the carnival. We just finished having our, our local fair for our county and they have the fun houses and you go in and and you laugh and you think it's funny when you've got this giant head and this little body. But if you really thought you looked like that, you'd be kind of distressed. Yeah. So, so what is it that has distorted our image of God, um, look for the good deposits, and all of that is just giving us, a, and, and we see the, and we see God's true nature in his word, in mm-hmm. scripture, um, who he really is, 
all those things in first Corinthians 13 about love, they're all God's true nature, the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. He doesn't have them. He is them. Right. And then as we see him more and more, the way he really is, we become more and more our true selves. We can see ourselves the way he sees us. True mm -hmm. self, true identity is seeing ourselves the way God sees us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such compassion for how life and people mm -hmm. just have been lying in difficult ways. Um, and it's his passion and his joy as many times as he needs to come. He's so happy. We say, oh, I've done it again. I didn't see this again. He's like, that's okay. Let's practice. Right. You know, the performance mindset takes a big hit when you stop trying to and just start practicing. Right. Just practice. Oh, I need to practice. Right. And it's like, okay, let's practice. Let's, yeah, let's do so that. I think our that 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 navigates our gray spaces when, when we see that distance shows up between believing and becoming. We go right to his patience, his kindness, um, the truth of who he is, and um, and ask what this situation is here to show you more of him. You know, what part of God, who do you need him to be for you? And then who do you get to become because of that? Probably the number one key in, in navigating our gray spaces. Yeah. Well, I think identity, um, identity is such a big key. And I know, you know, I was thinking back on my life and that scripture in Psalm 139, um, which says, you know, I knit you together in my mother's womb and um, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And then it says, I know that full well. Well, one day I was reading that and I just shook my head and I said, I don't know that full well. I don't, I cognitively knew that I could quote the scripture, but deep down in my heart of hearts, I did not know that full well. And just that honesty of even Lord, I need you to help me to see myself the way you see me. That right there, you know, is coming boldly before the throne of grace and saying, I got a disconnect here for whatever reason. I felt like, you know, because shame likes to tell us, well, my gosh, you've grown up in the church. You should know that. But it, when I got gut level honest, was just a huge transformation in my life. And God really did begin to show me who I was and how he saw me, which was so liberating and gives me grace to learn more things now, you know. <laughs> what a beautiful description of a grace space. It's just, it's that realization. And, and yeah, you, often our first response is shame. Oh, I should have gotten this. Yeah. Um, or another um we compare ourselves to someone else. Well, they seem to get this area, you know, more than me. And it all wants there. And the Lord is just, he's just 
so delighted to come and share more. You know, I we both love Psalm 139. Yeah. And, um, and I remember when God first highlighted that scripture, uh, it, it came at the most odd times. It was when I had just stepped out of uh, professional school teaching yeah. as my as my way of, of earning a li- living and into full-time ministry. And my first assignment in that was was creating the warrior class and and we were focusing on being warriors and overcomers and that's certainly one aspect of who we are yeah in in Christ and so I asked the Lord you know what's my scripture going into this and I expected one of those great overcoming scriptures uh-huh. or one or something and I knew it was the Holy Spirit because I could just hear in my heart Psalm 139 and I but when I opened it up it's not what I was thinking I needed right here it's like lovely uh, about who you are and and how you made me Uh, but I realized that in the life that I was embarking into in I hate to say full-time ministry because I think I was in full-time ministry as a school teacher. Exactly. Think, you know, it's, it's, it's life. And my uh, was assignment was more what we call ministry. And, and I was just going to face a lot of, of different things. And the first thing he was going to talk to me about was his identity and mine, because that's what I was going to need to be able to rest in. Yeah. That no matter what um in fact we prayed even before we started this podcast and that one of the things that i always pray is like lord you've been to this time you've been here before us this day was written in your book yeah and uh well my husband i just had news once that he was in a a very bad accident and he would recover but i there was about a two-hour drive to the hospital from rural location where and that's what the Holy Spirit brought up in my heart. I've been to this today. Yeah. Got up in the morning. I knew that this was going to be in today. And I'm here for you. I've made provision for you. And it would be only later that we would find out all the miracles that would happen from timing to doctors to all the things that came together to, to sharing Jesus with someone in room because people yeah. tend my husband was awake and they had a pretty major injury at the time yeah um you can't fake it in in that place and he had peace and and uh but the delay that could have looked unfortunate was ended up being a place where someone met jesus so that that beautiful that's grace with skin on yeah grace in every day and and I think that's so much what we've been taught so extensively in our church because I'm a teacher by by not only at one time profession but by gifting and and yet we know our right side of the brain is relational and and we're actually not right or left brain everything comes in through that right side we process we remember stories, we remember people, we remember smiles, we remember how we felt. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how God wants us to process truth, all his truth, the truth of grace, the truth of his love, and then bring understanding. The study is so good, but those moments in our day, like you said, connecting with him, finding grace, um, the more we're practicing that. Yeah. Or it's there when life takes a left turn to us, but it's not to God. Right. Right. Yeah, that's so good. Um, well, what, Allison? You've got this. You've got this. Um, you've embarked on this new ministry of coaching and um, coaching women. And so, you know, if someone's interested in joining you know, joining in and what you're doing. Give us some details on that and and tell me what brings you the most freedom to women when you coach them. What 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 is it that makes you tick in this? <laughs> well I think one of the things I learned along the way, uh, in some of the groups we've been a part of, um, it was true in my years amazing women I did prison ministry with um, and, and 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 my crew teaching I taught in a public school but the the being a team together working together being fellow travelers mm-hmm. um, I really think of myself now more as a facilitator rather than a leader and uh, but it was those small relational groups where we had conversations that's where I grew the most. And it's also where I've seen the longest lasting relationships. Like you said, I mean, we've been friends and we didn't know each other well at the beginning of this journey, but just our connection held all the years until we reconnected again. There yeah. was just a heart connection that happens in those groups. And so in churches, sometimes they happen in churches. It's wonderful when they, they do. Um, but that's what I learned at my, at my place in life. I really wanted to facilitate, uh, that conversation. What I love about coaching is I do training, uh, the people in my grace spaces, coaching groups, small groups, six to 10, 12 women at a time. And they listen to, uh, coaching focus for the week. So that's a bit of the training. That's that's the common conversation that we build around. But when we get together, uh, I don't want to take our together time doing anything that gets that's, that's training in that way. But but I, my wonderful job is just to ask catalytic questions that begin conversations that we all contribute to. Got it. And just taking six parts weeks an hour and a half call a week and and there's six areas of navigating our grace spaces that I highlight I don't think they're the only six but we talk about grace we talk about identity uh, about our shared identity in Christ and our unique identity that Psalm 139 yeah how because that's where a lot of shame gets and we see how other people are overcomers but then it looks different on us yeah we talk about um the power of joy and how you can connect to joy. You joy partners with our difficulties in life. So mm-hmm. you can be suffering and joy can come alongside of that. 
yeah. you know, just to get over it. And you do such a beautiful job uh, with that. And, and it's what I so love, especially in your writing and your teaching, is you bring that so to life. Um, just the power of joy. Our prayer and devotional life, there is more shame around prayer and devotion because, <laughs> you know, we didn't spend five hours. Right. And, or somebody else does this or that. And, and, and then just... What's our divine focus? How do we want to show up in the world? How do we yeah. can't do it all, right? So how can we how can we see people? And and I just have to say, I I I've been on the tour of the body of Christ. I gained from each and every place, and I've done ministry on a pretty large scale, and and I made some great contributions there. But this is where I feel most at home. And yeah, in conversation. In a ripple effect, I so believe in a ripple effect of goodness mm -hmm. of God. That is, I am sewing into the the women of grace spaces. Um, they're sewing in me, um, and I'm learning from them. And then who they impact has a ripple effect. Right. And the Lord even said to do it. It just I'm doing it differently. Where it's not a business for me. It's it's completely a ministry. Um, that I ask them to sew, and I kind and I give a range of what would be fair market value for this kind of coaching, and then I ask them to sew it into a ministry that they have a passion for. Oh, I love that. We want it's important we make an investment in right. our growth and development, but making that investment in the direction that they want to go into, putting something in the hands of God that He can return a harvest on mm -hmm. and then um and then just knowing one of the other ways of navigating with grace space that the power of an eternal perspective this is all for eternity yeah this is all for we, we want on earth as it is in heaven now yeah and we're experiencing that but i know that if that person sows their time with me into a passion that god's given them and I am a part of that too. Right. So it's just, it's really, I don't think it'll ever be super large. I, I guess that would be up to the Lord. I really like, I like, I just do two or three groups. Yeah. Uh, a few times a year. Yeah. And there's usually, there's usually a waiting list, but then women have said, oh, this was the perfect time. Yeah. When it happened. Right. And. So we, we kind of just tell them to trust that. Well, I think that goes back to, you know, we need each other in the body of Christ. And I, you know, as a former gymnastics coach, I coached gymnastics for 27 years. Right. And you, you know, and I think of my gymnast and just even this morning I went to um, CrossFit and they were doing like a kip, which that's a, a kip, you know, to anyway without getting into that but that kipping is a big part in gymnastics world and um i've coached it but today i was having to do an element of it you know and 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 i love what i love about coaching is you see the potential in somebody you see their strengths you see their weaknesses you know, and you just help take them to the next level. And I loved all those years 
of, um, you know, coaching kids and from little bitties, you know, started them at 18 months to kids in college wanting to be cheerleaders, you know, so there was a real wide range. But um, now I'm essentially, you know, doing that cheering, I call it cheering people on in life, you know, and, yeah. and what I'm doing with the Bible study and and just even the podcast, you know, I hope it is cheering people on to the next level of where God wants to take them um, because we all need people in our lives, you know, to do that. And I just want to thank you for being one of those people in my life that challenged me and, you know, encouraged me and, okay, how about this? How about that? You know, in different capacities, um, just in our journey. So I, I think that's just so neat. It's just, it's been beautiful to see how the Lord has put that together. And that's the thing we do. We need each other. Yeah. And like you said, when you were coaching kids, the difference between coaching and just, and teaching. Yeah. Is that there's a, there's a doing, there's a practicing that goes with it. Right. But, and my husband was a coach for years too in soccer. But you don't go out and play that game. You yeah. don't go out and do that routine. You pour into them, but it's their life and their landscape. And then you're the you're also someone that can come alongside and say, "Well, how'd that go?" Mm-hmm. And celebrate with them, and unpack with them. And then if they are filling up their gray space with shame or or mm-hmm. being hard on themselves and we can also be that voice that would hopefully reflect the voice of God right in, and reflect his values and what's important to him mm-hmm. so that is yes it's absolutely true it's one of the things when I put together the website um and if your listeners are interested it, yeah tell us about spaces. it Graysspaces.org. It's a .org, not a .com. Uh-huh. And spaces is plural. But there's also just, I mean, you can see the stuff that, that's on there, but I also wanted the, the, the website to be an example of some of the things that I've learned. So, so on my bio page, I, I, I don't want to really write like a list of all the stuff I've done. It's like, here's what I learned. Yeah. Here's what I learned at each pointing here were the coaches in my life. Here were the people who were instrumental and helped me. And then there's just a page of of values. It's like in each group of friendships, sometimes we don't articulate them um, in groups of friends, but we've seen it in, in the, the friendship groups that we're a part of. We know what to expect when we're together. Yeah. We know the culture. We know the support that's there. We know what we'll talk about. We know what we won't talk about. Yeah. You know, we're, we don't run with groups of people that are going to sit around and tear other people down. Right. Um, we know the culture. So wanting to be part of communities, and I love the community that um, that you've created with the women uh, in your life. And and I'm loving the community I'm seeing come together. We have other friends who are creating communities. I really think, and, and in the church as well, absolutely, um, that, that 
Jesus started with 12 guys. Yeah. And that really, none of us, it's so much freedom. None of us have to have it all. Uh Um, When I have somebody in my life or on one of my coaching teams that's a team member and they've suffered loss, I send them your book. Mm. Um, Because it's like like that, um, I've had loss in my life, but this is a friend who can speak to this far better than I can. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we're creating. And, and that's what I love when you do the interviews. I know some of the folks that you've interviewed on your podcast. That's why I like to listen to podcasts. Yeah. We're getting to know what each person in the body of Christ does. And, yeah. and our thing doesn't have to be everything. We're just bringing our peace. Yeah. And um, so I, I just... For now, for I've brought different pieces all in my life. This is the piece I get to bring now. And I am astonished at the pieces of the women that have gone through Grace Spaces. What they brought, it's changed. We've only done it for a year. It's already changed based on stuff, on things that they were seeing. Yeah. And, and then some of them wanted to do it more than once. And a couple of times I had spaces and I was like, okay. And then we learned, now I offer that all the time because of what, they taught me. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a different experience the next time too. So mm-hmm. we're all just learning. We're all, there's a quote I love that says, we're all just walking each other home. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, Allison, thank you so much um, for just your time today and for just telling us, you know, a little more about yourself and what you're doing now and the adventure God has you on. And, um, my goodness, that sounds like something, you know, that has been, would be beneficial for all of us to just jump in and rub shoulders, you know, with other people and becoming more of who God created us, you know, to be. And so, um, check out her website at gracespaces.org. And maybe when is your next one going to be starting, Al? Actually, we're forming another uh, group right now that will begin October 1st. So it will be Saturday mornings at 7.30 on Pacific Time. Okay. Uh, And it's uh, 90 minutes with a a fairly short, about it's about a two-hour time commitment a week, about 20 to 30 minutes of something to watch before we come together and and uh talk but yeah there's there's still some spaces left it's been the announcement just went out about 10 days ago so okay um, i would love to see i would absolutely love to see uh and get to meet some of the folks that that uh have heard you yeah and, uh, and then i look forward to the next time you and i are driving somewhere and we figure out our schedules and We'll talk soon, too. Right, right. I'm excited. Looks like we've got a a women's conference we're going to get to speak at together. And um, that's going to be fun just to just be a cohort and link arms with you and and all. And I'll have some more details about that as, as they unfold. But thanks a million just for taking time. And uh Thank you all for listening today. I hope you'll explore just some of those things that we talked about. Chat them out with the Lord. And um, we will see you next week.